Okay, this is the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm Cameron Tixby, your host. I'm with Alex Goldberg and Dr. Justin Quinn. As always, we have a lot to talk about, so let's jump right into it. We'll first talk about off-season moves that have already happened or are in the process of happening or have there's some handshake deals, and then we will transition to the Celtics Lab portion of the programming where we talk about things that are perhaps to come. It's 12.07 East Coast time on Monday. Free agency officially opens at 6 p.m. East Coast time today. But if you ask the Miami Heat, that is an arbitrary line in the sand. So here we go. First, uh, the Celtics have traded for Josh Richardson. He fits right into the rest of the Gordon Hayward TPE um, just under the line. Actually, I saw conflicting reports, but it does seem like he's going to make it in there. Moses Brown, see you later. Moses Brown will head supposedly to Dallas. And Alex, I'm going to start with you. First of all, what do you think of Josh Richardson in the abstract? And of course, what does that mean for Evan Turner, not Evan Turner, Evan Fournier's future with the Boston Celtics? Um, So I'll start with saying that I think Josh Richardson is uh, a player who's kind of at the nadir of his value right now. He's coming off of two pretty injury prone and uh, not great seasons in Philly and Dallas, respectively. Um, however, Josh Richardson was a pretty excellent perimeter defender and decent spot-up shooter uh, in the Miami Heat system two years ago. And uh, I think this is a kind of... The, uh, this move is less about Josh Richardson and more about using the remainder of the TPE on a playable wing than mm-hmm. anything. I also do think that this is a kind of Fournier backup plan as it becomes increasingly unlikely that it seems like Evan Fournier is going to re-sign in Boston. Right. So if that's the case, that it does make some sense. Um, I don't have especially high expectations for Richardson coming in. I think he can be a decent perimeter defender on some nights, but uh, he's going to struggle to shoot the ball in all likelihood. And uh, maybe in a reduced role uh, as a bench forward, he can kind of recapture that stroke. But more than anything, I think this is about using the salary slot while you have it and uh, setting yourself up with a tradable contract for the future. And so if that's the case, fine, I'm all for it. Cool. Dr. Quinn, first of all, welcome back to the good old US of A for the time being. And also, what do you think? Um, I'm actually pretty happy with the move. Uh, if we don't kind of over, I don't know, expect too much, I guess you could say. Sure. Then I think it's a pretty solid deal for all the reasons that Alex laid out. Uh, I do think that the main reason, uh, the main attraction really is just some backup ball handling with a lot of defense, which is, you know, an area that has been lacking with this team uh, last season. And I think people are going to be pre- pleasantly surprised. I, I don't think we should be expecting to set the world on fire or anything like that, but he, he's going to be a good player, I think. Yeah, that later probably sets us up for what overall are the expectations for the 21-22 Celtics, and perhaps we'll get into that later. I will say that Richardson has been a casualty of poor fit, and he had a pretty serious uh, run of with COVID this past year. So uh, I'd like to give anyone who dealt with COVID this past year the benefit of the doubt that they can bounce back. I mean, look at Evan Fournier in the Olympics. Uh, the Celtics executed another trade or in the midst of executing another trade uh, in the past few days. Tristan Thompson is on his way out of Boston. Uh, the Celtics will receive Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, a 23rd second round pick, 
DeLon Wright will go to Sacramento and Tristan Thompson uh, will go to Atlanta or vice versa, I believe. Um, maybe Dr. Quinn, you can clean that up for me in a sec. Uh, at the time of this recording though, there are some delays. So the possibility that that trade uh, is tweaked further is very real, but the long and the short of it is that Tristan Thompson is on his way out and probably Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando are on their way to Boston along with a extra second round pick, although Chris Dunn reportedly might be flipped further. So Dr. Quinn, what did I get wrong? And what do you think? I'm more uh, focused on what they got wrong, which is not trading <laughs> to the as I suggested, I believe in the last podcast, yeah. but that aside, I think you mostly nailed it. Uh, as far as we know that this trade could be expanded, we don't really know exactly how. There aren't really a lot of details out there, but it seems to be that Boston would like to include more outgoing salary, which kind of kind of makes a lot of sense given that they want to have the most cap flexibility as possible and as few players on their roster who aren't really contributing based on what's been happening over the last few seasons. So I think that's really what the holdup is. Sure. Alex? There is one thing to note about the holdup, which is that as a result of the holdup, Chris Dunn will no longer fit into the Ennis Kander TPE as uh, that TPE expired last night at midnight, which is not a disaster for the Celtics. They can still make this trade without uh, that, but they will have to send out some salary to do so. And I think if anything, Boston would probably prefer it that way. So uh, I think if I would expect you're probably looking at uh, maybe the end of Carson Edwards or Semi Oshale's tenure in Boston uh, mm -hmm. based on how this is going, but that's just a guess. Yeah, I read something to the effect that maybe there's a new smaller Tristan Thompson TPE, but maybe that, that's a non-issue anyways. I am interested in Bruno Fernando, not that I know much about him, but uh, I do love the idea of having a third or fourth center that is just kind of like a mystery although it, clearly dust is still settling on the Celtics roster. Uh, at present, with kind of what we have constructed, barring any changes, the Celtics do have something like 13 or 14 rostered players right now. So uh, we might be looking at what this team looks like. We might be looking at new fan favorites, or we might be looking at future changes. We want to talk about the trade rumors and the free agency signing rumors that have been swirling all weekend long. So those are the things that have happened or are pretty close to half happening. And now let's talk about the future. And of course, we have to talk about the elephant in the room first before we run through all the names on the list. We have to talk about the Lonzo Ball, Marcus Smart noise, which is increasingly loud. Um, so the framework would be a sign and trade. Brian Robb of Mass Live wrote a really good how would this work piece for anyone who really wants to get nitty gritty with the mechanics, but it's something like uh, the Celtics would have to come up with a number that they feel comfortable with for Lonzo and New Orleans would have to choose the Celtics as their sign and trade partner. But in theory, this could work. So let's take it from its most simple form, basically a smart for Lonzo straight up sign and trade. Do we like it uh, as a, from the Celtics side of the street? Dr. Quinn. Well, one of the big things that really hasn't been discussed too much about this is the fact that it could really be either of them, either Marcus Smart extending uh, or, you know, signing Lonzo Ball to multiple years. However, this ends up playing out, if it even ends up playing out, they are trying to maintain cap flexibility. So yep. you know, if they're reticent to give Marcus Smart an extension, 
which I've kind of heard some rumbles of. Why would they be signing Alonzo Ball to a multi-year deal? Presumably, because why would he sign with the Celtics in a sign-in trade? Because, you know, these things have to be voluntary. Uh, mm-hmm. Versus, say, Chicago, where he is looking at multiple years of $20 million-ish a season. It just doesn't make too much sense to me. I do like the idea of Lonzo Ball on the team, but if it's going to impede a bigger move down the road, then why would we do this? I'm not real clear on it. I have a clarifying question. Lonzo is a restricted free agent. Is that correct? Um, I believe he's a restricted free agent, yes. So New Orleans could play the trump card and ink him to whatever big deal he gets offered. Uh, so that also allows for some jockeying and some chess playing. Alex, what do you think of the deal as someone who really, really likes Marcus Smart? Well, so here's the thing. I also really, really like Lonzo Ball. I think they're both mm-hmm. really good players. Uh, and I think that um, Lonzo definitely offers some advantages in that he is younger. Uh, he is a better three-point shooter. And presumably he will be getting better for the next few years. Uh, Marcus is, of course, not old, but he's not really young either. He has plenty of wear and tear on his body at this point. But I don't think that this deal is going to happen for a lot of the reasons that Dr. Quinn already laid out. Um, I think the reality is that if you're going to sign Lonzo Ball to a multi-year deal, you can get 90% of that value uh, and a easier, more team-friendly contract in the form of Marcus Smart. Uh, And I imagine that that is the more likely path that the Celtics will take. Again, it also is predicated on Lonzo wanting to be in Boston which uh, I don't think is necessarily true. There's a lot of smoke to indicate that he is interested in the Chicago Bulls should he leave New Orleans. Uh, And I think that that the reality is he's probably going to end up on either New Orleans or Chicago. I think it's an interesting move. I think if the Celtics did that, um, that would be a really intriguing core in Lonzo, Tatum, and Brown to develop for the future. But uh, I think the reality of that is a lot more complicated than perhaps the possibility. So I'm inclined to say that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I have three uh, thoughts on this. The first is emotionally, I don't want it to happen at all. Logically I can come around to it from a Celtics frame. New Orleans does have a ton of future first round picks. And if for whatever reason, the Celtics somehow are arguing from a position of strength, maybe there's a sweetener out there. I, I don't really see why though, because uh, Lonzo has been tied to, like you said, the Bulls and whatever they offer in terms of cash or sign and trade deal. Malcolm Brogdon, Devontae Graham. I think New Orleans has better options for a sign and trade with Lonzo, but I suppose it depends on what other teams want to do. And then I, if they'll allow a weird esoteric moment of pondering. In this moment, the, the hours before free agency, we do this every year, the hours before trade deadline. I'm sort of under the impression that outside of a few really well-sourced pieces of reporting, once it hits us, the plebeians of NBA Twitter, it probably either is outdated or it's being used to as a smokescreen. So all of these rumors uh, might actually be to the benefit of, say, Chicago or something like that, and that Boston is being used to up the ante. Um, And then I also think that it's possible that we live in our little Celtics media bubble and that we're overemphasizing how real the possibility of this trade actually is. So I don't, at this moment, again, it's the middle of the afternoon Monday. I don't really know how much I truly believe that this rumor is 
has any legs to it, uh, which I will use to pivot to a different rumor that I guess I don't know if I believe. Uh, Sports Illustrated is reporting that apropos of Alonzo Ball trade, Brad Stevens is not looking forward to uh, having a working relationship with Marcus Smart much longer, and that Smart one way or the other might be dealt perhaps for future firsts. So I don't know if either of you saw that. That came out, I think, a few hours ago. But immediate reaction, this SI report that Boston's done with Smart one way or the other. Alex? Marcus Smart is not going to get dealt for draft picks. That's just not going to happen. That doesn't fit the timeline with what the Celtics are looking for. The only situation where I could see that happening is if those draft picks are being used in a subsequent Bradley Beal trade, which I am not betting on uh, happening at this juncture. I think Beal is probably in Washington to begin the season, uh, maybe at the deadline, but even so, that just strikes me as a weird move. Um, I'm, I, I don't think that's going to be how that goes down. I will say, just to kind of touch on this one more time, one thing to keep an eye on with regard to Lonzo Ball is the possibility of uh, another Celtics backcourt player being included in a sign and trade for Lonzo Ball, namely Evan Fournier, who mm-hmm. I believe the New Orleans Pelicans do have some interest in, especially if they whiff on Kyle Lowry which appears to be the case as he's going to Miami by all indications. So that, that might be something to keep an eye on that. It might not be Marcus, but his backcourt mate in green that could be getting flipped to new Orleans. Cool. Interesting. Now I, I do think there is a possibility that they could have another option in mind. And I don't want to talk about it too, too soon, because I, I think we're going to be talking about this a little bit later in terms of specifics, but if they, and another player in mind who will take a draft pick or possibly two to get on the roster uh, in a trade, then I could see something, you know, kind of lining up in that regard, particularly if these rumbles we're hearing about smart, uh, not necessarily be being tendered a, an extension because right. of concerns for future cap space. If he's saying, you know, you either, you either give me this or I'm going to walk, then you might as well move him, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. better to get something than nothing as much as we love Marcus Smart. As far as this reporting about Smart being potentially short for the Celtics, uh, I'm believing none of what I hear as well as keeping an open mind that it could happen because this is prime disinformation period. Right. No, totally. And that's, that's a really important, maybe disheartening point is that I don't know that the 21-22 Celtics are being constructed to compete, compete. Maybe Jason Tatum's an MVP candidate, and then there you go. But it does look like summer of 22, summer of 23, when a little bit more money opens up and a few more interesting names become available, that's when the Celtics look to strike. So for now, it's consolidating your asset trove, and maybe that is Lonzo, Josh Richardson, and a smart expiring and maybe that's just Lonzo or something in between. So uh, we do have a bunch of names on our free agency radar to discuss, but Alex, it's time. Well, if you're talking about disinformation, that's such a natural segue into Alex's bullshit rumor of the week. Uh, Mm -hmm. This one is perhaps my favorite one yet. It's one that you're going to reliably see just about every year, regardless of whether the team (laughs) in question has cap space or not. But this week's Alex bullshit rumor of the week is the Lakers signing every single available veteran free agent to a minimum contract. Mm -hmm. I have seen Carmelo Anthony, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, Dwight Howard, 
every available veteran free agent is being linked to the Los Angeles Lakers. Newsflash, folks, to any Lakers fans listening. I don't know why you're listening to a Celtics podcast, but if you are, the Lakers are not signing everybody. It is not going to happen. Patty Mills is going to get a better deal somewhere else. Rudy Gay is going to get a better deal somewhere else. Carmelo Anthony might get a better deal somewhere else. The Lakers Mm -hmm. might sign two of those guys. They are not going to sign all six of the Mm -hmm. available veteran free agents on minimum contracts. That is not going to happen. I do think, and I think Brian Windhorst said as such, that the Lakers might need to field upwards of 10 minimum contracts just to have a financially viable team. So that is something to look forward to. But Alex, thank you for your BS reporting. If anyone would like to sponsor that uh, new segment, come on down. Vina Coco, coconut water. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that feels like we did our due diligence on the biggest things that have happened since we last chatted. And now let's run through all the names that we want and some of the names on our wish list. So it's fun to close with daydreaming. So I'm just going to rattle off actually reported names before we talk about the things that we want to see happen. So uh, I will just tell you that these names have been reported in many different capacities, but reputably enough. Again, it's smokescreen season, but the Celtics perhaps are eyeing Jeff Green, Rudy Gay, Kelly Olenek, Patty Mills, and or Avery Bradley. So before we talk about our wish lists, Dr. Quinn, any of those names feel better to you than others or more realistic to you than others? I think that uh, I'd be very into Rudy Gay. I think he's a good fit. I think his, his veteran leadership and skill set and positional uh, capabilities are about the best possible fit out of those names of all of them. Jeff Green maybe as as uh, another possibility, maybe Kelly Olynyk. Um, I'm really into the idea of Patty Mills, but you know, small aging point guard mm-hmm. we had some issues with that in the past. Some pretty substantial ones. It'd be for a lot less money, so it'd probably be a lot more tolerable. But I still have some concerns. And Avery Bradley, mm, he's got some issues that in his past. I'd rather not have to think about. Yeah, Alex, I'm going to go to you in a second. It's also worth pointing out that Boston doesn't have that many roster spots and also doesn't have that much financial flexibility. So save a few exceptions or minimums. Boston doesn't necessarily have the bandwidth to go out right now and get a high-paid free agent. So Alex, to your point before, if someone really wants Patty Mills on their team, the Celtics don't really have that many tools in their tool chest to come up with a better offer but all of that said Alex of that list where do you find some excitement I would definitely be interested in a uh, Larry Nance or Kyle Anderson acquisition by a trade I think both of those guys would fit really well and help the Celtics front court a lot Um, the team that I'm keeping my eye on and that is really wheeling and dealing and seems like they're kind of all over the place is the Charlotte Hornets They have too many guards. Uh, They just waived Malik Monk, or they didn't waive him, but they let his option expire. So he's now a free agent. That's somebody I'm looking at. I also think Devontae Graham could be gettable, depending on Mm -hmm. his price. Might be for relatively cheap, given that the Hornets' backcourt is absolutely stuffed right now. Another name to keep an eye on, and one that I'm really interested in. What is Terry Rozier going to do in Charlotte <laughs> with LaMelo Ball and James Booknight coming in and needing touches and minutes immediately? 
that seems like a guy who's pretty gettable to me. And I think it would be really fun to have Scary Terry back in the green. The irony of Smart being on his way out and Terry Rozier coming back would be emotionally confusing for me. But uh, Alex jumped the gun. So now we're on our, to our wish lists. Uh, I have a really boring mini wish list, but Dr. Quinn, within reason, what player or what players do you think that the Boston Celtics should go and try to bring to the hub? You know, I, I really hate to be boring, but they've already been named. I'm really into Nance. I really like uh, the idea of even trying by low on Malik Monk. I'm going to probably make you mad at me because I do like Larry Markkanen very much. And uh, I would absolutely love trying to find a way to get him on the roster, but I just don't see how it's going to be possible given, I think he's almost certainly going to get more than a mid-level exception. Yeah. He he's on my short list too. I think that probably he can get paid somewhere. There's not that much cap space out there, but there's just enough. There's also the Knicks and the Mavericks who have cap space and make bad decisions. The, the only two names on my list, and then I guess I might just ask more broadly, what sort of players do we think the Celtics need right now? Because I do think a wing, a 3-4 hybrid, who can take some pressure off of Jalen and Jason might be nice. Not a third star in a big three, but someone who is competent. And perhaps you could get with a exception or a minimum. So I have Gallinari, perhaps. Doesn't really show up in the playoffs, but just to shoulder the load in the regular season, that might be nice. And Justice Winslow, I, I think that's a cool flyer. I think that this is a season to take flyers. So I actually am interested in Chris Dunn. Reportedly, again, he might be flipped. But I think that this is a great season to kind of test things out. Jabari Parker will be presumably back in Boston. Why not Justice Winslow? Why not Chris Dunn? So those are my pragmatic members of my little shopping list. If, if I could, Alex, the number one need for the Celtics this offseason is? The number one need for the Celtics this offseason is a capable bench or fifth starter ball handler who can shoot, namely Evan Fournier specifically. But uh, I think that's the biggest role is just shot creation, playmaking, and somebody who can uh, hit a three off the dribble. Dr. Quinn, the number one biggest offseason need for the Boston Celtics is? I mostly agree with that, but I, I do feel like they need to have some passing ability. I, I am less adamant about the need for passing on this team than I have been just because we have started to see Tatum really take on more of a point forward role. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Evan Fournier does come back, we get that. But if he doesn't, then someone like Larry Nance Jr., when, I, when I've been saying several times in the last several podcasts about how we also need uh, someone who's kind of more up on the wing, the three, four hybrid you've been talking about um, as well as ball hand, ball handling and distribution. And they can be the same person. That is really who I have in mind. I think he would be a very good fit for that role. Yeah. Uh, I think probably I'm in agreement that a ball handler, a combo guard and, or a helpful wing would be cool. I do think that, we should have done this at the top and then talked about the names on our list, but whatever. I think that Patty Mills is really bad at defense. He scraps, but he's not very good at defense. But if you're bringing in Udoka, you're trying to build an offense with someone from the Spurs and without a traditional quarterback point guard, bringing in someone with Spurs experience might be nice, even as a bridge. So I don't know if it'll happen, but Patty Mills 
and by extension, Rudy Gay might be interesting fits. Alex? Just one more name to keep an eye on that I just briefly scrolling through my phone saw a report about. Uh, the Celtics' top brass is reportedly at least somewhat interested in exploring Spencer Dinwiddie as a possible acquisition. Fascinating. I think if, if the Celtics could get Dinwiddie at a reasonable price point and keep Marcus Smart, that would be your backcourt. And I think that that would be pretty functional. And obviously Dinwiddie already has a relationship with Udoka. They were both on the Nets last year, even though Dinwiddie was injured for most of that year. But uh, it's it's worth looking into. I think Dinwiddie could be the kind of player that uh, I mentioned, that ball handling, uh, passing uh, kind of playmaker type. Yeah. It, it does seem like what's happening is between Dinwiddie and Schroeder and Lowry and I guess maybe Chris Paul and Lonzo, B-list maybe point guards, B-and-a-half-list point guards are out there and need homes. And perhaps, unfortunately, by way of the Marcus Smart sign-and-trade or something to that extent, Boston could be a kind of dark horse in that mix. So maybe this whole Smart for Lonzo thing really doesn't have uh, – too much wind in its sails, but perhaps Boston is, to Alex, to your point, jockeying to, to get in the Dinwiddie market or something like that. So if we talk next week and the Celtics don't really have a, a new point guard and they do have a Marcus Smart, I wouldn't be surprised. I think there's enough smoke to this fire that if the Celtics have a new B-list point guard and that doesn't include Marcus Smart, I wouldn't be surprised either. So that's that's kind of, I think, where the situation sits which is to say that no one knows anything except for the real power brokers so let's assume then that we will talk this time next week or something like it and free agency again starts in four and a half hours five and a half hours depending on if you can do math <laughs> during summer or not so let's close things out with things not related to free agency and then we'll have to check back in again next week because a lot's probably going to happen including perhaps the gold medal game for team usa and jason tatum or certainly the gold medal game for the men's basketball because the the men's usa team did beat the czech republic uh pretty handedly with 27 points from our friend jason tatum so good job out of him any thoughts on the olympics the men's basketball team right now I think the uh, Olympic basketball team should probably consider giving Jason Tatum the ball more. Uh, it seems <laughs> like he is probably their second best player behind Kevin Durant. And I think if the uh, if Durant and Tatum both get hot from a personnel standpoint, there is basically no other team in the Olympics that is capable of handling both of those guys getting hot at the same time. Even the best ones, France, Slovenia, Australia simply don't have the personnel capable of guarding both of those guys. So I think if uh, Greg Popovich, multi-time uh, champion and Hall of Fame uh, coach, if you're listening to this humble broadcaster's advice, I would give you the advice to uh, stop fucking around and just give Jason the ball and get out of the way. And I think if they do that, the Celtics will, or the Team USA will be coasting to gold still. Dr. Quinn, anything? No, nothing at all. These games are on late. They're hard to watch. Don't feel bad, Alex. Uh, I think I've done that typing about six times this week. Yeah, we're just big fat homers on this podcast, apparently. Uh, Okay, so good luck to the men. I believe the gold medal game is Friday. And the reason I believe that is that's my sister's wedding. So I will not be watching that game. So good luck to all participants. And good luck at the wedding to the Tepatabai family. Uh, Summer League will kick off 
August 8th, which is a Sunday upcoming, uh, this upcoming Sunday rather, and it will run until the 14th. The Celtics will have four games. We are talking about the Celtics, not Team USA. Celtics will have four summer league games between the 8th, 10th, 12th, and 14th, and then a little summer league playoffs. We have already talked about the players that we are excited to watch at summer league, but it does look like Boston is going to add a few names to their list. Apologies in advance for some of these pronunciations. Sim Hauser from Virginia, Dedrick Lawson from Kansas, KJ Lawson from Tulane, Wuhan Bagarin, who is the, a nice French man that was drafted by the Celtics with the 45th pick, and maybe Jalen Adams from UConn. Go Huskies, Dr. Quinn. Any thoughts on Summer League, Dr. Quinn? No, nothing in particular that we haven't really kind of beaten to the ground already. I am curious to see uh, Mr. Hauser and how well he's going to be playing with the rest of the Celtics. Uh, he is billed as another, you know, knockdown marksman. And not much else. He doesn't have too much else to his game. But, I mean, if he can hit at the close to 50% rate, I believe that he was hitting with Virginia, then I don't think he was going to care. Well, uh, we will close things out with a piece of news, a plug, and something saucy, a piece of news. Jay Laranega is now a former, officially a former assistant coach for the Boston Celtics. He's going to join the Clippers. Best of luck, Jay. Uh, a plug. We sell t-shirts via Design Tree, Celtics Lab t-shirts. So if you like our little chemistry set logo, go ahead and get yourself a comfy t-shirt. And finally, something saucy to stew over as free agency approaches. Our good friend Isaiah Thomas dropped 65 points in the Atlanta Entertainment Basketball League. And those highlights, of course, ended up on Twitter. And Jalen Brown said 100 emoji, 100 emoji, 100 emoji to that. So you never know. And with that juicy bombshell, we will bid you an adieu. Good luck in free agency. Drink water, take a screen break, enjoy yourselves, and we will check in next week, hopefully with a little more clarity with what the Celtics roster looks like. Thanks for listening.